Section 7 of the Natural History, Volume 7. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Natural History, Volume 7, by Pliny the Elder. Translated by John Bostock and Henry Thomas Riley. Section 7, Book 32, Chapters 23-32. to 32. Chapter 23. Remedies for Olipacy. Change of color in the hair and ulcerations of the head. The sea mouse. Two remedies. The sea scorpion. Twelve remedies. The leech. Seven remedies. The murex. Thirteen remedies. The concilium. Five remedies. Ashes of the hippocampus mixed with nitre and hog's lard or else used solely with vinegar are curative of olipesy. The skin being first prepared for the reception of the necessary medicaments by an application of powdered bone of sipia. Olipesy is cured also with ashes of the sea mouse mixed with oil. Ashes of the sea urchin, burnt flesh and altogether, the gall of the sea scorpion, or else ashes of three frogs burnt alive in an earthen pot, applied with honey, or what is still better, in combination with tar. Leeches left to petrify for 40 days and red wine stained the hair black. Others again recommend one sextarius of leeches to be left to petrify the same number of days in a leaden vessel with two sextari of vinegar, the hair to be well rubbed with the mixture in the sun. According to Sarnatius, this preparation is naturally so penetrating that if females, when they apply it, do not take the precaution of keeping some oil in the mouth, the teeth even will be blackened thereby. Ashes of burnt shells of the murex or purple are used as liniment with honey for ulcerations of the head. The shells, too, of other shellfish, powdered merely and not calcite, are very useful for the same purpose applied with water. For the cure of headache, castorium is employed in combination with picotum and oil of roses. Chapter 24. Remedies for diseases of the eyes and eyelids. Two remedies derived from the fat of fishes, the calliamus, three remedies, the gall of the coricnus, one remedy, the sipia, 24 remedies, ichthycola, five remedies. The fat of all kinds of fish, both freshwater as well as sea fish, melted in the sun and incorporated with honey, is an excellent improver of eyesight. The same, too, with the castorium, in combination with honey. The gall of the calliamus heals marks upon the eyes and catarizes fleshy excrescences about those organs. Indeed, there is no fish with a larger quantity of gall than this, an opinion expressed too by Menander in his comedies. This fish is known also as a uranoscopos, from the eyes being situate in the upper part of the head. The gall too of the coracinus has the effect of sharpening the eyesight. The gall of the red sea scorpion used with stale oil or attic honey disperses incipient cataract, for which purpose the application should be made three times on alternate days. A similar method is also employed for removing indurations of the membrane of the eyes. The surmulet used as a diet weakens the eyesight, it is said. The sea here is poisonous itself, but the ashes of it are useful as an application for preventing superfluous hairs on the eyelids from growing again, when they have once pulled out by the roots. For this purpose, however, the smaller the fish is, the better. 
Small scallops, too, are salted and beaten up with cedar resin for a similar purpose, or else the frogs known as diapedes and calamitae are used, the blood of them being applied with fine gum to the eyelids after the hairs have been removed. Powdered shell of sypia applied with woman's milk allays swelling and inflammations of the eyes. Employed by itself, it removes eruptions of the eyelids. When this remedy is used, it is the practice to turn up the eyelids and to leave the medicament there a few moments only, after which the part is anointed with oil of roses and the inflammation modified by the application of a bread poultice. Powdered bone of sypia is also used for the treatment of nyctalopi, being applied to the eyes with vinegar. Reduced to ashes, this substance removes scales upon the eyes. Applied with honey, it effaces marks upon those organs, and used with salt and cadmia, one drachma of each, it disperses webs which impede the eyesight, as also albugo in the eyes of cattle. They say, too, that if the eyelids are rubbed the same bone taken from this fish, a perfect cure will be experienced. Sea urchins applied with vinegar cause epicytis to disappear. According to what magicians say, they should be burnt with viper skin and frogs, and the ashes sprinkled in the drink, a great improvement of the eyesight being guaranteed as a sure result. Ichthyocola is the name given to a fish with a glutinous skin, the glue made from which it is also known by the same name, and is highly useful for the removal of impicitus. Some persons, however, assert that it is from the belly of the fish and not the skin, as in the case of blue bull glue, that the ichthyocola is prepared. That of Pontus is highly esteemed. It is white, free from veins or scales, and dissolves with the greatest rapidity. The proper way of using it is to cut it into small pieces and then leave it to soak in water or vinegar a night and a day, after which it should be pounded with sea straw pebbles to make it melt the more easily. It is generally asserted that this substance is good for pains in the head and for tetanus. The right eye of a frog suspended from the neck in a piece of cloth made from wool of the natural color is a cure for ophthalmia in the right eye, and the left eye of frog similarly suspended for ophthalmia in the left. If the eyes too of a frog are taken out at the same time of the moon's conjunction and similarly worn by the patient and closed in an eggshell, they will effectually remove indurations of the membrane of the eyes. The rest of the flesh applied topically removes all marks resulting from blows. The eyes too of a crab worn attached to the neck by way of amulet are a cure for ophthalmia, it is said. There is a small frog which lives in reed beds and among grass, more particularly, never croaks, being quite destitute of voice, is of green color, and is apt to cause tympanitis in cattle if they should happen to swallow it. The slimy moisture on the reptile's body, scraped off with a spatula and applied to the eyes, greatly improves the sight, they say. The flesh, too, is employed as a topical application for the removal of pains in the eyes. Some persons take fifteen frogs, and after spitting them upon as many bulrushes, put them in a new earthen vessel. They then mix the juices which flow from them with gum of the white vine, and use it as an application for the eyelids, first pulling out such eyelashes as are in the way, and then dropping the preparation with the point of a needle into the places from which the hairs have been removed. Magase used to prepare a depilatory for the eyes by killing frogs in vinegar, and leaving them to petrify, for which purpose he employed the spotted frogs which make their appearance in vast numbers during the rains of autumn. Ashes of burnt leeches, it is thought, applied in vinegar, are productive of a similar effect. Care must be taken, however, to burn them in a new earthen vessel. Dry liver, too, of the tunny, 
made up into an ointment in the preparation of four denarii, with oil of cedar, and applied as a deliberatory for nine months together, is considered to be highly effectual for this purpose. Chapter 25. Remedies for diseases of the ears. The batia, one remedy. The bacchus, or mixin, two remedies. The sea louse, two remedies. For diseases of the ears, fresh gall of the fish called batia is remarkably good. The same too when it has been kept in wine. The gall also of the bacchus, by some known as the mixin, is equally good, as also that of the calionimus, injected into the ears with oil of roses, or else isterium, used with poppy juice. There are certain animals too, known as sea lice, which are recommended as an injection for the ears, beaten up with vinegar. Wool, too, that has been dried with the juice of the murex, employed by itself, is highly useful for this purpose. Some per people, however, moisten it with vinegar and nitrate. Others, again, more particularly recommend for all affections of the ears one scythus of the best garum. With one scythus and half a honey, and one scythus of vinegar, the whole gently boiled in a new pot over a slow fire and skimmed with the feather every now and then. When it has become woolly free from scum, it is injected lukewarm into the ears. In the cases where ears are swollen, the same authorities recommend that the swelling should be first reduced with the juice of coriander. The fat of frogs injected into the ears instantly removes all pains in these organs. The juice of river crabs kneaded up with barley meal is a most effectual remedy for wounds in the ears. Shells of murex reduced to ashes and applied with honey or the burnt shells of other shellfish used with honeyed wine are curative of imposthumus of the pardoid glands. Chapter 26. Remedies for Toothache. The dogfish, four remedies, whale's flesh. Toothache is alleviated by scarifying the gums with bones of the sea dragon or by rubbing the teeth once a year with the brains of a dogfish boiled in oil and kept for the purpose. It is a very good plan, too, for the cure of toothache to lance the gums with the sting of pastinaca in some cases. This sting, too, is pounded and applied to the teeth with white hellebore, having the effect of extracting them without the slightest difficulty. Another of these remedies is ashes of salted fish calcined in another earthen vessel mixed with powdered marble. Stale sibium rinsed in a new earthen vessel and then pounded is very useful for the cure of toothache. Equally good, it is said, are the backbones of all kinds of salt fish pounded and applied in a liniment. A decoction made, made of a single frog boiled in one hemina of vinegar, and the teeth are rinsed with it, the decoction being retained in the mouth. In cases where repugnance existed to making use of this remedy, Celestius Dionysius used to suspend frogs over boiling vinegar by the hind legs so as to make them discharge their humors into the vinegar, vinegar by the mouth using considerable number of frogs for the purpose. To those, however, who have a stronger stomach, he prescribed the frogs themselves, eaten with their broth. It is generally thought, too, that this recipe applies more particularly to the double teeth, and that the vinegar prepared as above mentioned is remarkably useful for straining it when loose. For this last purpose, some persons cut off the legs of two frogs and then macerate the bodies in two hemina of wine, recommending this preparation as a collatory for strengthening loose teeth. Others attach the frog's hole to the exterior of the jaws, and with some of it, it is the practice to boil ten frogs in the sextari of vinegar, down to one-third, and to use the decoction as a strengthener of loose teeth. By certain authorities, too, 
it has been recommended to boil the hearts of six and thirty frogs beneath a copper vessel and one sectarius of old oil and then to inject the decoction into the ear on the same side of the jaw as the part affected while others again have used as an application for the teeth a frog's liver boiled and beaten up with honey all the preparations above described will be found still more efficacious if made from the sea frog in cases where the teeth are carious and emit an offensive smell it is recommended to dry some whale's flesh in an oven for a night then to add an equal quantity of salt and use the mixture as a dentifrice and hydrus is a name given by the greeks to a snake that lives in the water with the four upper teeth of this reptile it is the practice for the cure of aching in the upper teeth to lance the upper gums and the four lower teeth for aching in the lower some persons however content themselves with using an eye tooth only ashes too of burnt crabs are used for this purpose and the murex reduced to ashes makes an excellent dentifrice. chapter twenty seven remedies for lichens and for spots upon the face the dolphin nine remedies calutha or corphia three remedies halconium seven remedies the tunny five remedies lichens and lepros spots are removed by applying the fat of the sea calf ashes of the mina in combination with three oboli of honey liver of the pastinaca boiled in oil or ashes of the dolphin or hippocampus mixed with water after the parts have been duly excoriated a citratizing treatment ought to be pursued some persons bake dolphin's liver in an earthen vessel till the grease flows therefrom like oil in appearance this they use by way of ointment for these diseases burnt shells of the murex or purple applied with honey have a detergent effect upon spots of the face and females used as an application for seven consecutive days a fermentation made of white eggs being substituted on the eighth the face wrinkles and plump out the skin to the genus murex belong the shellfish known by the greeks as coluthia or coryphia equally turbinated but considerably smaller for all the above purposes they are still efficacious and the use of them tends to preserve the sweetness of the breath fish glue effaces wrinkles and plumps out the skin being boiled for the purpose in water for some four hours and then pounded and kneaded up till it attains a thin consistency like that of honey after being thus prepared it is put by in a new vessel for keeping and when wanted for use it is mixed in the proportion of four drachnae with two drachnae of sulphur two of alkanet and eight of lethargy the whole being sprinkled with water and beaten up together the preparation is then applied to the face and washed off at the end of four hours for the cure of freckles and other affections to the face calcined bones of cuttlefish are also used an application which is equally good for the removal of fleshy excrescences and dispersion of running sores for the care of itch scab a frog is boiled in five semi of sea water the decoction being reduced to the consistency of honey there is a sea production called halcyonium composed as something of the nest of the birds known as the halcyon and cakes or according to others of the concretion of sea foam or of some slime of the sea or certain lanugas and florescents thrown up by it of this haliconium there are four different kinds the first of an ashy color of a compact substance and possessed of a pungent odor the second soft of a mild in nature and with a smell almost identical with that of seaweed the third whiter and with a variegated surface the fourth more like pumice in appearance and closely resembling rotten sponge 
The best of all is that which nearly borders upon a purple hue and is known as a Milesian kind. The whiter it is, the less highly it is esteemed. The properties of halcyonium are ulcerative in detergent. When required for use, it is parched and applied without oil. It is quite marvelous how efficiently it removes leprosores, lichens, and freckles, used in combination with lupines and two oboli of sulfur. It is employed also for the removal of marks upon the eyes. Andreas has recommended for the cure of leprosy ashes of burnt crabs with oil, and adelus, fresh fat of tunny. Chapter 28. Remedies for scrofula and posthumes of the apergans, quincy, and diseases of the falcis. The mina, 13 remedies. The C. scolopendra, 2 remedies. The saurus, 1 remedy. Shellfish, 1 remedy. The silurus, 15 remedies. Ulcerations of the mouse are cured by an application of brine in which manai have been pickled, in combination with calcined heads of the fish and honey. For the cure of scrofula, it is a good plan to prick the sores with a small bone that is found in the tail of the fish known as the sea frog, care being taken to avoid making a wound and to repeat the operation daily until a perfect cure is effected. The same property, too, belongs to the sting of the pastinaca and to the sea hair, applied topically to the sores, but in both cases, due care must be taken to remove them in an instant. Shells of the sea urchins are bruised also and applied with vinegar. Shells also of the sea skull of pondre applied with honey, and river crabs pounded or calcined and applied with honey. Bones, too, of the sypia, triturated and applied with stale axle grease, are marvelously useful for this purpose. This last preparation is used also for the care of imposthumes of the parotid glands, a purpose for which the liver of the sea fish known as Zarus is employed. Nay, even more than this, fragments of earthen vessels in which saltfish have been kept are pounded with stale axle grease and applied to scrofulous sores and imposthumes of the parotid glands, and as the calcine marics incorporated with oil. Sniffness in the neck is allayed by taking what are known as sea lice, in doses of one drachna in drink, taking castoria mixed with pepper and honeyed wine, or making a decoction of frogs in oil and salt, and taking the liquor. Opisthotony too and tetanus are treated in a similar manner, in spasms with the addition of pepper. Ashes of burnt heads of salt and manai are applied externally, with honey, for the care of quincy, as also a decoction of frogs, wood, and vinegar, a preparation which is equally good for affections of the tonsillary glands. Glands, river crabs, pounded, one to each hemina of water, are used as a gargle for the care of quincy, or else they are taken with wine and hot water. Garam put beneath the ovula with the spoon, effectually cures diseases of that part. The siluris, used as food, either fresh or salted, improves the voice. Chapter 29 Remedies for cough and diseases of the chest. Sermolets act as an emetic, dried and pounded and taken in drink. Castorium taken fasting with a small quantity of hamanite yakum and oxymel is extremely good for asthma. Spasm too in the stomach or assuaged by taking a similar potion with warm oxymel. Frogs stewed in their own liquid in the saucepan, the same way in fact that fish are dressed, are good for a cough, it is said. In some cases also, Frogs are suspended by the lakes, and after their juices have been received in a platter, it is recommended to gut them, and the entrails being first carefully removed to preserve them for the above purpose. There is a small frog also which ascends trees and croaks aloud there. If a person suffering from cough spits into its mouth and lets it go, he will experience a cure, it is said. For cough attended with spitting of blood, 
it is recommended to beat up the raw flesh of a snail and to drink it in hot water. Chapter 30. Remedies for pains in the liver inside. The elongated conch. Six remedies. The tethia. Five remedies. For pains in the liver, a sea scorpion is killed in wine and the liquid is taken. The meat, too, of the elongated conch is taken with honeyed wine in water in equal quantities or, if there are symptoms of fever, with hydromel. Pains in the side are assuaged by taking the flesh of the hippocampus, growth, or else the tedia, very similar to the oyster with the ordinary food. For sciataca, the pickle of the silurus is injected by way of clyster. The flesh of conch, too, is prescribed for 15 days in doses of three oboli soaked in two sextari of wine. Chapter 31. Remedies for Diseases of the Bowels. Seawort. One remedy. The Myax. 25 remedies. The Midalis. Eight remedies. Pelorides. One remedy. Seraphim. Two remedies. The Erinthius. Two remedies. The Silurus taken in its broth or the torpedo used as food acts as a laxative upon the bowels. There is a seawort also similar in appearance to the cultivated cabbage is injurious to the stomach, but acts most efficiently as a prerogative, requiring to be cooked with fat meat for the purpose in consequence of its extreme acridity. The broth, too, of all boiled fish is good for this purpose, it acting also as a strong diuretic taken from with wine more particularly. The best kind of all is that prepared from the sea scorpion, the eulis, and rockfish in general, as they are destitute of all rankness and are free from fat. The proper way of cooking them is with dill, parsley, coriander, and leeks, with the addition of oil and salt. Stale cibium, too, acts as a purgative and is particularly useful for carrying off crudities, piteous humors, and bile. The myax is of a purgative nature a shellfish of which we shall take this opportunity of giving the natural history at length. These fish collect together in masses, like the murics, and are found in spots covered with seaweed. They are the finest eating in autumn and are found in the greatest perfection in places where freshwater streams discharge themselves into the sea, for which reason it is that those of Egypt are held in such high esteem. As the winter advances, they contract a bitter flavor and assume a reddish hue. The liquor of these fish, it is said, acts as a purgative upon the bowels and bladder, has a detergent effect upon the intestines, acts apparently upon all the passages, purges the kidneys, and diminishes the blood and abyspex secretions. Hence it is that these shellfish are found of the greatest use for the treatment of dropsy, for the regulation of catamenia, and for the removal of jaundice, all diseases of the joints and flatulency. They are very good also for the reduction of obesity, for diseases of the bile and of the pituous secretions, for affections of the lungs, liver, and spleen, and for the rheumatic deflections. The only inconvenience resulting from them is that they irritate the throat and impede the articulation. They have also a healing effect upon ulcers as a suprigonous nature, or would stand in need of detergents, as also Carcinomatosaurus. Calcine, the same way as the Murex, and employed with honey, they are curative of bites inflicted either by dogs or human beings, and of leprous spots or freckles. The ashes of them, rinsed, are good for the removal of films upon the eyes, granulations of those organs, and indurations of the membrane, as also for diseases of the gum and teeth, 
and propitious eruptions. They serve also as an antidote to Doricinium and to Opicarpothorthon. There are two species of this shellfish of a degenerate kind, the middleus, which has a strong flavor and a saltish taste, and the mixica, which differs from the former in the roundness of its shell, is somewhat smaller and is covered with filaments, the shell being thinner and the meat of a sweeter flavor. The ashes also of the middleus, like those of the murex, are possessed of a certain caustic properties and are very useful for the removal of leprous spots, freckles, and blemishes of the skin. They are rinsed too in the same manner as lead, for the removal of swellings in the eyelids, of indurations of the membranes, and films upon the eyes, as also assorted ulcers upon other parts of the body, and of pustules on the head. The meat of them also is employed as an application for bites inflicted by dogs. As to pelorides, they act as a gentle laxative upon the bowels, an effect equally produced by castorium taken in doses of two drachmae in hydromel, where, however, a more drastic purgative is required, one drachma of dried garden cucumber root is added, and two drachmae of omphrenitrum. The tevia is good for griping pains in the bowels and for attacks of flatulency. They are generally found adhering to the leaves of marine plants, sucking their nutrient therefrom, and may be rather looked upon as a sort of fungus than as a fish. They are useful also for the removal of tensimus of diseases in the kidneys. There grows also in the sea a kind of absinthium, known by some persons as seraphim, and found in the vicinity of Tapasiris in Egypt more particularly. It is of a more slender form than the land absinthium, acts as a purgative upon the bowels, and effectively removes intestinal worms. The cypia too is a laxative for which purpose these fish are administered with the food, boiled with a mixture of oil, salt, and meal. Salt and mina, applied with bull's gall to the navel, acts as a purgative upon the bowels. The liquor of fish, boiled in the saucepan with lettuces, dispels tenesmus. River crabs, beaten up and taken with water, act astringently upon the bowels, and they have a diuretic effect if taken with white wine. Deprived of the legs and taken in doses of three oboli with mir and iris, one drachma of each, they disperse urinary calcily. For the care of iliac passion and attacks of flatulency, castorium should be taken, with seeds of daucus and of parsley, a pinch and three fingers of each, the whole being mixed with forsythe of warm honeyed wine. Griping pains in the bowels should be treated with castorium and a mixture of dill and wine. The fish called erythinus, used as food, acts astringently upon the bowels. The century is cured by taking frogs boiled with squills and prepared in the form of boluses, or else hearts of frogs beaten up with honey, as Nicaratus recommends. For the cure of jaundice, salt fish should be taken with pepper, the patient abstaining from all other kinds of meat. Chapter 32. Remedies for diseases of the spleen, for urinary calculi, and for affections of the bladder. The sole, one remedy. The turbot, one remedy. The blendius, one remedy. The sea nettle, seven remedies. The pulmomarinus, six remedies. Onychies, four remedies. For the care of spleen diseases, the fish known as a sole is applied to that part. The torpedo also, or else a live torbot, is being then set at liberty in the sea. The sea scorpion, killed in wine, 
is a cure for diseases of the bladder and for urinary calcily. The stone, also, that is found in the tail of this last fish, taken in drink in doses of one obolus, the liver of the anhydrous, and the ashes of the fish called blendius, taken with rue, and the head, too, of the fish called bacchus, there are first certain small stones, as it were. These, taken in water, six in number, are an excellent cure for urinary calculi. They say, too, that the sea nettle, taken in wine, is very useful for this purpose, as also the pomelarinus boiled in water. The eggs of the sypia have a diuretic effect and carry off pituitous humors from the kidneys. Fractures and convulsions are very effectually treated by taking river crabs, bruised in asses' milk more particularly, and urinary calculi by drinking sea urchins' pounded spines and all. In wine, the due proportion being one semisextarius of wine for each urchin, and the treatment being continued till its good effects are visible. The flesh, too, of the sea urchin taken as food is very useful as remedy for the same malady. Scallops, also taken as food, act detergently upon the bladder. The male fish is by some persons called donax, and by others allos, the female being known as onyx. The male scallop has a diuretic effect. The flesh of the female is sweeter than that of the male and of any uniform color. The eggs, too, of the sypia promote the urinary secretions and act detergently upon the kidneys. End of section 7